The Waddle and Sylvie podcast is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Sign up using promo code WMVP at sportsbook.draftkings.com. We're live at Hallis Hall today. Tomorrow we're going to be at Twin Peaks in Oakbrook Terrace, 2 to 6. It's on 22nd Street. We love it there. We've been there before. We hope to see you out with us uh, for the show. So come on out. Text your friends. 2 to 6 tomorrow, Twin Peaks in Oakbrook Terrace. Don't head downtown first, okay? You're like right. last time. Make sure you go straight to Twin Peaks so you don't have to detour. I was in the process of uh, Just talking to my wife about which dryer to buy when our dryer bought. And I was stuck in like that conversation and I went on the wrong ramp. That is correct. I'm I was an autopilot. Yes. Um before we get to Jesse out at the general manager's meetings, uh, our sister station, one of uh, the the stations in the company, uh, WTMJ, a uh, great radio station in Milwaukee, uh, had the owner of the Brewers on, Mark Antanasio. So he was on yesterday, like moments after, like a, a, an hour or two after uh, this, this went public, that Craig Council had spurned the Brewers. And, and decided to go to the Cubs uh, like it was a shock to him. I wanted to play you a couple of things. I think the first one is first you'll hear how shocked he is on, on, and, and what he thought at first when, he, when Council told him that he was leaving to the Cubs. Uh, <laughs> that was, he, he, I, he called to say he was going to the Cubs. Uh, I, um, as I said, I just did a video call with some of your folks were on. I said, are you messing with me? <laughs> was not messing with me? And uh, that was that. He thought it was a joke. Well, first. then Craig Council said, were you messing with me when you gave me a $95 million payroll? Maybe it wasn't that low, but it probably was not a whole lot more than that. <laughs> Here's, uh, like, what was it, 120 last year? If that, yeah. Uh, and then one more from him before we get to Jesse. This is the owner of the Brewers, Mark Antanasio, uh, regarding um, what – uh, council, what they're losing in council, but then he flipped the table on council. You know, I, I was saying to the, the group that I haven't, you know, I've only had a few hours to reflect. This, this certainly was unexpected. But, you know, what it what it's done is it it's allowed me to reflect on what we have in Milwaukee as a city and, and play baseball in. And, uh, you know what I what I said to the group is we've lost Craig, but Craig has lost us and our community also. So uh, you, call, you could call it a lose lose, right? I think it's very very special to be part of this community, uh, and baseball teams had significant success, and we're committed to that going forward. And uh, a wonderful, and I know you all have helped with. Uh, Communicating things to stadium finance, you know, get the team in, in the city uh, for a generation and then some, next generation, maybe generations after that. Uh, there's not a lot of, there's 30 major league teams, not a lot to point to all the things we can point to as to um, a great place to be. And uh, huge amount of stability in the organization. Every All the coaches are coming back. Uh, you know, Rick Schlesinger on the business side has been here for, you know, before I got here in 2002. 
David Stearns, uh, who, by the way, did all the right things in the transition year. Uh, you know, we had such a, a significant baseball ops group, and nobody left, and everybody's working hard, and David moved on, and we won 92 games with best in baseball. So um, it's not easy to duplicate. There's the owner doing the spin zone the big cat does. Yeah, I, I don't think Craig Council is going to break bad on them. I think that, no, you shouldn't. know what, they had a good run together. That runs over. So uh, I'm sure Craig Council wishes them well to a certain degree, and I think he's going to focus on his new job and, and probably have more more resources to work with here in Chicago than he did in Milwaukee. Now to uh, the Cubs side of things. Jed Hoyer just wrapped up speaking at the general manager's meetings. Jesse Rogers was there, and it is always great to have Jesse live where all the action is to begin with, to hear about how the groundwork is being laid for future deals. Never did we think that Jesse would be joining us to talk about an earth-shattering move like the one that was made yesterday. He joined us yesterday to talk about it. And now today, after Jed just met the media, where he could cover that live. Jesse, what was the overwhelming message that Jed said today uh, to the media about the move? Yeah, first it was about 27 minutes about Council and Ross. One minute or less on Otani, I asked that question, and he wouldn't, uh, he wouldn't budge. But he's certainly going to meet with Otani's representatives. We know that. We just don't know where that's going to go. Anyway, the first 27 minutes were about this. And, and by the way, Jed did, didn't look his best. He had some food poisoning throughout the week. He flies wow. down to Florida. Yeah, he, he tells Rossi the news, and it was certainly a difficult conversation. He didn't reveal a lot other than that. Um, what I heard last night that David was professional about it, but blindsided. Absolutely 100%. Blindsided, and the, the bottom line is, is is what I tweeted out a few minutes ago. My job is to win games. This brings us closer to doing that on a on a yearly basis. And he mentioned leaving wins on the table last year. Now, not necessarily blaming Ross, but I think it's kind of what I said to you guys yesterday. When you hire a guy like Craig Council, you are not leaving any wins on the table in the dugout, at least, right? As far as the manager's concerned. Um, now, certainly he makes mistakes and all that, but in, compar- in comparison to other managers, he simply is going to be as good as it gets. And in a three-team wild-card era, well, Arizona is a great example. Just getting in is as important as ever. They talked about getting hot at the right time, and you can't do that unless you get in. And Council gives them the best chance in his estimation. Try not to say anything negative about David Ross, and he certainly said a bunch of positive things, but certainly their actions speak louder than words, we know that what they feel about Council compared to David Ross. They think this guy is at the top of the game. The other quote I tweeted out is, is uh, what, what, he, what he said, Bum Phillips once said about Bear Bryant, he'll take his and beat yours, he'll take yours and beat his. That's how he described what Craig Council brings to the table. Jess, did Jed say anything specifically about how Council will do things differently than David Ross, or did he stay away from it? Well, he wasn't specific, but he, he did say something that, that I was very aware, well aware of, that Craig is going to have his hands in all parts of this thing. Like, he, he just is so good at the, the uh, player development aspect, the communication aspect, even player acquisition. He's going to have his hands in everything, and he should make it $8 million a year. So um, that was something that stood out. I think a lot of managers, David included, probably you know have their lane. Craig is smart enough and been around long enough to – to have his hand in several, in all maybe lanes of a baseball organization. And that can only enhance if you're good at your job. It can only enhance the situation. So it's just, it's this uptick in all areas 
of, of your team that the manager can impact that they feel they're getting in Craig Council. And so it, it, we talked a lot, Jesse, about like when you just mentioned the wins on the table and, and the things through the year. You, me, Waddle, uh, Carm was in on the conversation. The lineup construction, we tried to ask um, Jed about that too, that it final say uh, is up to the manager. Not batting Bellinger higher in the order, second. You know, where he would get to the plate uh, at the end of the game more times because it's just simple math, and he would be in the on-deck circle in, in a lot of that. Do you believe some of those now, maybe that there was some disagreement on the way Ian Happ constantly batting third, even through struggles, and him not wanting him to move down into the order? Um, do you believe a lot of that played a role? I'm going to say yes, but not in such a specific sense. It's just this feeling of, okay, we've got to talk to David about this um, because maybe that's not his strength, whether it be bullpen, lineup, where Craig Council has a strength in all those areas. So I don't think it's one thing. It's probably a compilation of all those things that makes David Ross a good manager but not an A-plus Craig Council manager. And that's the tricky part here because I think we'd all agree he certainly was capable. They didn't wholly underachieve, as I said yesterday, but this is a guy that's uh, proven to be more capable with less. He talked about his appreciation for Council starting in 17. Now, in 17 was the Cubs' hangover season. Jed quoted uh, Rizzo, which was a great quote. He said, Rizzo once said that, and I don't think I've heard this uh, before, Rizzo once said, we were hungover in 17, but we showed up for brunch. Because that's when they were five out at the All-Star break and then ended up winning the division. But it took them all the way to the end. And Jed's like, there was such a huge talent gap, we couldn't believe what Council was doing with that team. And then in 18, they were even better. And then 19, and then 20, and 21. And only really 22 was a down year for Council. So the appreciation started to grow in 17 when everyone knew the talent gap was huge between the teams. But Council kept um, getting this team as far as he could, if not further than anybody ever thought. So, And then eventually they overtook the, the Cubs several years in a row, um, including this year, obviously. So all of that played a, a factor, and, and, I, and I think, from a, from a 30,000 feet, we all see how good Craig Council is. And even if Ross is decent, they feel like they, they made an upgrade. You know, Jesse, we, we mentioned uh, or we played a soundbite from the owner of the Brewers where he talked about the coaches uh, under Craig Council. One of the coaches is, is a f- pretty famous coach, Pat Murphy. He's been yeah. with Craig Council forever. He was a Notre Dame guy. I think he's got some connections with Jed, too, with the San Diego Padres. When, when Jed was there, I believe he's going to get interviewed for the managerial job with the Brewers. If he doesn't get that, do you believe he and some other coaches will be coming to Chicago with counsel? Yeah, the short answer is yes. The short answer is yes. They won't turn everyone over. My money's on how to be staying. The pitching infrastructure here has been good. Um, I think at least give them a year to work together. How to a pretty low-key guy. So I, I think the pitching situation, most of it stays the same. They already moved over. Uh, changed up their bullpen coaches. I, I would guess that Andy Green's going to move on along with Ross. And if Pat Murphy doesn't get the managerial job in Milwaukee, he'd come with um, Craig. But I can't say that for sure. Like, maybe there's personal things with Pat Murphy. He wants to stay in Milwaukee. Who knows? But, yes, that's his longtime consigliere, so to speak, 
and I would imagine all things being equal, he would come with them, but I don't have inside info. Uh, Hoyer did say there's going to be some guy, you know, some turnover now. He's going to certainly hire some guys, and some guys will be holdovers. Uh, Jess, what was the reaction from the baseball universe, all the big brain baseball folks that you're hanging out with out there? Yeah, everybody was shocked. Everybody's shocked. I mentioned yesterday, like, it's a little, it's a little sketchy, right? They've done this twice now, interviewing a guy while they have another guy in the seat. I don't think it's as big of a deal as other people, um, you know, our buddy Bob Nightingale was saying, you know, other managers are, are upset at Craig Council, for example, for doing it. But it, it, it's a, cut, a cutthroat business. I think we just have to rem- be reminded it's not a family. And that's the one thing, you know, Cub Land, it's a family. It's not a family. It's a business. Everything's a business. And anybody can get whacked at any time. Um, and, and I, 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 you know, it's just how it works. It's just how it works. So you can't buy into all that stuff. It's about wins and losses and getting the job done. And in, in their estimation, uh, council can do it better. So, yes, there's some, there's some question marks within the industry. But as I said yesterday, I don't think the fans care. I just don't. I mean, it's, it's a little sketchy, yes. I think you guys would all agree. But what's the difference if they fired Ross three weeks ago and, and made this move? Right? You know, they did it in the same day, and it's weird. And it was weird for him to fly down there and knock on his door, basically, and say, hey, you're fired. But – yeah, uh, that's, I guess, part of the job. I, I don't think I it's will... sketchy at all, uh, uh, Jess. Yeah, I mean, like, that... listen, I mean, they didn't right. – I don't see Jed as somebody that does things in a sketchy manner. This was an opportunity to upgrade your organization, and he took it. I agree. I'm saying within the industry, it's just not how things are normally done, but that doesn't mean it's wrong. Right. You replace your center fielder all the time, right? right? Nobody yes. blinks. Nobody blinks. It's just – it's outside the norm – a little bit. Um, it was with Madden. He had to address it. Council's probably going to have to address it. I, I'm with you for the most part. You just you just kind of move on. It is interesting how October um, developed here. So Jed said it was, as you'd imagine, a very, very tight circle. Very tight. Two to three people. He did approach Tom Ricketts at some point in October and told him this is what we're thinking about. But that's just the extent that Tom knew what was going on until they approached him again to say we want to make this offer. But I think he saw like what I think Arizona played a big part. 84 win team that gets in. They didn't leave any wins on the table at the end of the year, right? I guess except the final weekend they got swept by Astros. But they beat the Cubs six out of seven. They won the games they had to, and they got in and got hot. He just doesn't want to leave any doubt. He doesn't want to leave any doubt inside that locker room. Um, and I think Arizona and what they did and seeing how October played out, even mentioned this. I didn't even realize this. The bottom seed in the National League the last four years has made the World Series. I didn't even realize that. You go back to the Nationals, yeah. You go back to the Braves, the Nationals, the Phillies, and now the Diamondbacks. So that screams don't leave any wins on the table. And I think that all played a part in it. Obviously, if if, um, Council resigns with Milwaukee on October 15th, we're not here talking about this. Did 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 Jen mention at all when – it really got realistic for him. I know November 1st is when the contract expired and he became a free agent. Was it immediate where they knew that they had a really good shot? Or was there, when did it become real in his mind? Yeah, he's, he's not completely sure when it became real in council's mind. But look, we only have a week to, to you yes. know, seven days really to figure this out. So pretty quickly, pretty quickly. He, he actually said council kept things pretty close to the vest. He didn't ask too much about the organization. It was just like he just kept some things to himself. That's the way, if I remember the way Hoyer put it. So I'm not sure Hoyer knew exactly 
But in talking to um, council's agent yesterday, I think they knew right away, staying in the Midwest and getting paid that contract, there was huge interest. I, I, it sounded like Hoyer said he didn't show that outwardly in that first or second meeting, but within a day or two, he certainly did. I know the Cubs wanted to avoid the old Theo in the Starbucks thing because that's how it got out last time that, oh, Theo's in town. Um, and I, I read that Jed wanted to keep the meeting in the Chicago area very quiet and it was just him and, um, and, and council. Did he, did he give you any insight on where they met and how they met and how that went? No, actually, we didn't get into that. That was a missed question, E1 on my part. Yeah, we didn't get into the specifics of, of where they met. There were so many other things that we talked about um, process-wise. A lot of it revolved around him going down in, into Florida to fire Ross more than um, talking to, to council in Chicago. So that's a good follow-up question for later today. He's going to do another media session. But, yeah, we didn't get into the specifics of where he met with, with council. Remember the bottle of wine they brought Joe yeah. uh, to the trailer. So yeah. I want to know yeah. how he wooed trailer wine. Council. Yeah, the, uh, yeah. <laughs> the trailer wine, trailer park wine. Yeah. Hey, Jess, um, yeah. how did they get to the number $8 million a year? I, I mean, again, it's, it's, it's nominal based on an, a Major League Baseball organization. But but how did how did that number become the the number? And by the way, I would expect is there may be some ruffled feathers or some red asses around Major League Baseball with the coaches and managers. A deal like this raises the level. I mean, it, I it, think it's yep. the opposite. I think they're all applauding they sh- that. Yeah, they should be happy because what are. happens is salaries will now. Not everyone's going to get paid eight million, but it will. Those salaries will start to creep up now. Yeah, no, that's the other side of it. There's no doubt about it. I talked to a couple agents that have managers. You know, there's only a few agents that have all the managers. It's, you know what I mean? It's not as spread out. So the, the couple agents that have managers I talked to are, are thrilled with it. There's no doubt. Are thrilled with it. Actually, I, I talked to even Madden's agent. This happened with Madden. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, let's raise the bar, right? And so I, I agree with you. That is part of it. They got to that figure because the Mets were offering, you know, pretty similar. And, um, and even the Brewers were offering five and a half or six. And, you know, that's Milwaukee. This is Chicago. So they just, I think the Mets for seven. And so they, they get to eight uh, uh, just to seal the deal. That's how they did that. So, yes, you're right. That's the other side of it. Um, there's a, there are a lot of people that are, uh, that are happy that a, a manager got paid that. Because Jed even talked about that in the last 15 years. I mean, Joe Torre made $8 million 15 years ago. Right. And it's gone downhill. Bruce Bochy's making four and a half. He just won the World Series and has four of them. So if this um, sort of brings back the managerial salaries, then everybody will be applauding it. And I, I applaud Jed for understanding that the manager is important. He, he reeled off the things twice a day with the media. Now, yeah, the, the Cubs network, that's a whole other thing that they didn't have, you know, when, even at the beginning with Madden and stuff. And then all the other um, responsibilities that a manager has in this day and age with analytics and everything, it's not an easy job at all uh, on top of all the clubhouse stuff that you've had forever to deal with. So um, I, I applaud them for paying that, that rate and managers should get paid a good number. Jesse Rogers uh, joining us. He's brought to you by your local Chicago and Toyota dealers, Toyota, let's go places before you go back to the meetings. Uh, any other nuggets that you got out of this that we may have missed? Okay. So the last thing, and it's, it's, it's not what you want to hear, but, Everyone's assuming, including myself, I was on with Cap this morning, and, okay, you hire this guy, you pay this guy. This is foreshadowing a big offseason, right? He pumped the brakes on it. He's like, not so fast. We hired this guy because he's the best at his job. It doesn't mean we're going to go hog wild 
in free agency or payroll. We're going to do what we, what we always do. We're going to just try to get better. So he pumped the brakes a little bit. In fact, I had someone in the game you know, very cynically say to me, this proves the opposite. They hired the best manager who can get the most out of players. They may back off a little bit because he can sneak in the playoffs that many more times every year. So I don't believe that. That's a little cynical. Me too. I still think, yeah, I still think they're going to meet with Otani. I really do. And if there's mutual interest, they're, they're, that will become a story this offseason. Um, and, and the, the Jap- Japanese pitchers that are coming over, serious interest by the Cubs, they're not sitting on their hands. They're also still, you know, not Steve Cohn. They're not right. the Padres. They're, they're going to do things their way. They made one big move. Let's see what the next one is. Um, but I think the arrow's pointing up, as I'm sure you guys do. And you know, I know I've known Council forever. I, I can attest to all the positive things about him. I like David Ross, but this guy is as good at all the individual things you need out of a manager as, the, as it gets. The, 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 Jesse, it's, it's somewhere in between, like you were saying, that anyone who thinks that they're going to go hog wild, that's not the Cubs. The Cubs will yeah. never be the Mets or the Dodgers. They will always probably be top five when they're not resetting. They will be top three to top five payroll in there with the Yankees and the Dodgers and, and, and Texas and, and, and those that I mentioned, top five somewhere. Uh, but they will not also just look to just develop. They want someone. They have a good farm system now. They want the best manager to develop those guys. I thought what you said yesterday about Andrew Friedman was was right on. I thought that this is the managerial version of that, that they're getting a yeah. guy who, who did what he did best in Milwaukee with a lower payroll, and now he can mesh the two. He's going to get a higher payroll, not the top payroll, but he's still going to be asked to do what he did best in Milwaukee, and that is always maximize the talent and help on the margins, like you said. That's a great way of putting it. Help on the margins, maximize the talent. It's not always a tangible thing that you can look at. There's no stats to prove it, but you know it when you see it, and the whole world has seen it for years now, and especially Theo and Jed back in 17, 18, 19, when the Brewers are on the rise. So, yeah, I think it all applies. Next up is, is, I believe it'll be Monday press conference at Wrigley Field. It'll be very interesting. And if you haven't gotten your tickets for, I think it's May 28th in Milwaukee, get them now because that's going to be interesting as well. I mean, this is the Wisconsin's favorite son going to their arch rival. I mean, it's as juicy as it gets. And I am crossing my fingers the Brewers hire David Ross. I have no inside information. It would be amazing. So this is just an incredible storyline. I always said yes. We rarely get surprised in this in this business with leaks and social media and and not. But this for this guy to come to Chicago, I am still shocked. Still, if you had to bet, is is David Ross managing a team next year? I'm going to bet no, but he will manage again. I'm going to bet no, but he will manage again, and I'm fully open to being wrong. Will Miles Masturboni get any uh, starts at third base for this Cubs team going forward now that uh, you've got a new manager? I saw Jamer Candelario's agent. He's hoping there's, there's a return engagement there. So everything's just starting to percolate. Probably this will easily be the biggest news at the GM meetings. I mean, there's going to be some other managerial hirings, but, but this is the biggest one. And then we'll start to see. I do think there's going to be some big trades. We've got Snell. We've got Bellinger. We've got the Japanese starters we've got um who else there's uh the soto possibility being traded alonzo possibility being traded it, it'll be an interesting offseason did you think that the um the the otani market is going to last for a while or could that be one of the first dominoes to go because it's it's so big and everybody will wait to see where he goes before everyone else goes 
Yeah, there's a really good chance Bellinger waits for Otani. That that I can almost guarantee you. Um, I, I when when I when you say fast, I think it's winter meetings, which is a month away. But at least that's not January or February. I absolutely do not think Otani is going to like take this to the eleventh hour. So it, it to me, it feels like you start here, you finish things off at the winter meetings, and either there or shortly thereafter, uh, he signs. I mean, he's not with Boris. He's not with uh, you know some of the main guys like. I think you want to make a winter meeting splash with Otani if you're his agent, if it's possible, if it's possible. So I think it's there, and then a few dominoes fall. But, look, there's only a few good hitters on the market. So, you know, I think the rest of the market, relievers, starters, can move without Otani. All right, good stuff, Jesse. Thank good you. Good work. Okay, guys, you got it. Talk to you soon. There you go, Jesse Rogers on the Car X Tire and Auto Hotline. It's a good, complete report there from Jed Hoyer meeting the media that's why Jesse's there. He's great at what he does, both nationally and locally. We're live at Hallis Hall. Don't forget, tomorrow we're going to be out at Twin Peaks in Oak Brook Terrace. Hope to see you there. It's right off 22nd Street, 2 to 6, full show at Twin Peaks in Oak Brook. Coming up next, it's Waddle's World, and then Courtney Cronin fills us in on the latest on Justin Fields and the Bears at 4. It's that time again when we venture deep into the great unknown. And in Chicago, Tom Waddle. He can't run, he's not fast, but he gets open. A trip inside the mind of a multi-concussed former Bears wide receiver. He caught everything that was thrown and took every hit that they could give him, and he had an all-time day in the use of smelling salt. Buckle up, boys and girls. Tom Waddle, everything wants to have a Tom Waddle. If I had a football team, I'd like to have a Tom Waddle on my team because you draw from that. It's time to go inside. Waddle's World. Tom Waddle did have to use a lot of smelling salt. Oh, John, thank you. Waddle's World brought to you by our great friends and partners at Wintrust Community Banks. They are Chicago's banks. Find your nearest Wintrust Community Bank. Visit Wintrust.com slash find us, member FDIC. Just alerted that in the National Football League, uh, the Arizona Cardinals have made a little bit of news as their quarterback, Kyler Murray, has been activated off the injured list, and thankfully he will be their starter going forward so that maybe they'll win a few games and they'll get out of uh, the running for the number one overall pick. I hope so. Will Doug Kramer be uh, snapping him the football? That's a good question. My guy, Doug Kramer, Your what guy, could have been? Yeah, Dougie Kramer was picked up. What could have been? Was picked up by the, uh, the Arizona Cardinals on waivers. They were the first pick. Yes, yes. Uh, and that injury report uh, is brought to you by our friends at Coast Ivoni Personal Injury Lawyers. Um, That's going to be a huge game. The Bears and Cardinals? Yes, it will. It will. That will, no that will be the tank game. Like, I have not been in tank mode Nor or, am I. or rooting for tank mode. When the Bears play the Cardinals, what week is that? That's close to the last it, week of the it's, season. It's isn't New it? Year's December Eve. December 17th. Oh, that's New Year. I'm sorry. No, no. Yeah, it is December 24th at so. Christmas Eve. Yeah, that, that is. Um, what do you want for Christmas? I, I want a, uh, a stocking full of owls. Like, they have to lose that game, the Bears. They have to. That's a, that's a must lose. If you're the Bears. A must lose game. That, that, that will Boy, benefit the organization. We're already there. But no, I, no know, I know, but did, like I know we're there, but especially hey, that one with Carolina and Arizona. You are correct, but I'm concerned that they're the Bears are just good enough that they're to gonna win not not beat the Cardinals. I think they're gonna have a, this Bears a team couple that, wins prior to that. I'm Bears, talking this, though about the, the Carolina pick. 
you, you're saying the Bears could have the number one pick through Carolina. Right, or be in the running for that, and sure. Arizona is one of the top competitors. Yeah, so you need the Bears to lose to the Cardinals so they get the Panthers. So, so the Cardinals win another game. We need the yeah. Cardinals to win a couple of games here. It's very possible. I give you some and, numbers here. Well, you know what? Kyler Murray makes that a lot more likely. That's what I'm saying. Uh, the Big Ten has informed Michigan that it may face disciplinary action. Uh, letters, what do you think it is? Letters sent to Michigan is part of the Big Ten's sportsmanship policy, which requires a notice of disciplinary action in the event it becomes clear that an institution is likely to be subjected to disciplinary action. Obviously, the NCAA is investigating Michigan for illegal off-campus scouting and sign-stealing. My guess, and college football is not my thing, I love it, but I'm not well-versed in how they do their stuff. My guess would be it's a Harbaugh suspension. You're not going to. I don't think you're going to keep. You can't keep the kids from playing. So I don't think they're going to keep the kids from playing. They should just suspend uh, Connor Stallions. Well, he's already retired or resigned. For for life. Yes. Connor Stallions. Lifetime suspension there. We made. You know a guy like him is just going to change his name and just resurface somewhere else. That's his DJ name Put some sunglasses on. Yeah. I mean, look, that's his club name. Yeah. That's not his real name. That's his club name. Connor Stallions to the DJ booth. Connor Stallions to the DJ booth. There's no question. So, uh, anyway, so uh, they've been informed that they could possibly. That's how it goes in college football. We're going to inform you that there may be disciplinary action. I think I also saw a story where the AD usually travels to different, you know, because, like, the college football playoff meeting takes place every He is on campus to make sure that he is there in case anything occurs. What's his name? He's got an odd name, doesn't he? Isn't his first name, like, Wardle or something? Ward Manuel, yeah. He's Ward on the Manuel. committee, so he's, like, yeah. part of the group that decides what teams are in and out. So, so Tyler, you're a college football expert here. What, what is your opinion on what is most likely to happen here if something does occur? I think he'll get suspended two games. Two games. Because I think that's part of what the sportsmanship policy states, too, is that you can't get more than two games unless it's deemed to be more egregious than just the sportsmanship policy. So you can't get suspended more than two games. I'm guessing he gets... I I would guess he's not on the sidelines this weekend and then Ooh, the weekend Ohio after. State? State? No, no, Ohio State, State is in three weeks. So he oh, his first game back would be Ohio State. State. Right, I was going to say it's Penn State. Then what? Then I think Maryland. Okay, so then and then he comes back for Ohio. Yeah, yes. and then they get it on. Okay. How was the handshake with the Purdue coach? I was out at dinner at that time. I saw the first half of that game. Fly by. Was it fly by? Yeah, yeah. I'll Google. Jim it Harbaugh you. doesn't give a rat's ass about it, your feelings, not yours. I'm but saying I, I just your football feelings. Was it more on the? Was it more on Harbaugh or more on the Purdue Pro- guy? Probably the Purdue guy. Well, Harbaugh got into it with Jim Schwartz, right? Yeah, that was a long time ago. You were probably in grade school when that happened. It was a slap grab handshake. Yeah, the the famous line was it was a slap grab handshake. Charlie, I'm not lying. You probably were in in junior high when that happened. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I was in sixth grade. Yeah. Jeez, we were still doing this show. Were we really? Yeah, we were doing. Don't you remember we would play that all? Because Harbaugh, the way he talks a lot of times at the podium is very awkward. And it, the way he was, we had that in the system forever. It was a slap, grab, yeah. handshake. Yeah. He's still the things that we play at the end of our show. Like, are you guys done with me now? Are we good? We, we finished with this. This was great. This was great fun. Even when he called in and talked to us. 
So, uh, look, I think it's probably they're going to probably give him a, a couple game suspension. I don't know. You were telling me you were reading an article, too, about how um, there is a former Big Ten coach who is who – is, oh, I'm watching it now. Just a little that fly was it, right That there. was it? That was it right there. Wow. That was him. Wow. It was quick. Um, yes, I read on Sports Illustrated. I think Pat Forty had it. <laughs> it's so great, that inching yeah. or lack thereof. I th- you're football coaches, guys. You're not ambassadors for your countries. You're football coaches. Do I have this right, Tyler? I, 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 when I read it this morning, Pat Forty, I believe, on Sports Illustrated had the story that Michigan is going to be using as its defense that a former Big Ten coach, it didn't say if this is a head coach, or just a coach from a, a, a former staff on another Big Ten team. So whether he came from like a, a Nebraska staff or Northwestern or a, a, a staff that has been blown up in recent years has evidence where they were stealing signs from Michigan. And not only were they st- stealing signs from Michigan, they were collaborating together and sharing oh, among other teams with other teams here are Michigan signs, and they permit, uh, they handed Michigan the spreadsheet. Yeah, that was a story from Pat Forty this morning about yeah that, that basically there was some colluding going on. So, like, so what's like, the beef? Like oh, oh, we're cheating. Well, not only you may accuse us of cheating, they're all cheating, and they're working together against us. This is a a dirty thing going on all over the place. So then I'm no so no then, then no suspension of Harbaugh. If that's the case, this is nothing. This is this has been. I'm telling you, if like just your generic coach was up running this program, this wouldn't be a story. I'm with you. If this was Wisconsin, this wouldn't be a story. If this was Iowa and Kirk. For sure, them. Well, because they'd be like, well, oh, there was, there's no chance they could use any of that information. We stole their to, punt formation to, to you know update their offense. Imagine firing your son. Well, but I mean, he, you're he, talking he, about Jed having to fire David know, Ross, but, but Kirk Ferentz. I was thinking got about this got the other day. Son, but he probably never should have hired his well, son to begin with. The only reason he probably has the job to begin with is because he's his son. That's fine. Yeah, but then think, you still have to fire him. Well, hey, I mean, son, you're going to have to go. You think he'll do it in person? Or will he? I a, think he's going to call HR. First. Hey, I'm going to come over to the house. Make sure your kids aren't there, my grandkids. Make sure they're not around because I don't want to see any. I don't want to see have them see their daddy crying. I mean, he's funneled them, you know, five years of, you know, yeah. 200K per year. What, what does he make? He's probably oh, making more than that. that. More than yeah. that. Like, like so, so sorry, can. son. Like, we've... Yeah. Uh, for, for what? That's what I'm saying. Like I, I get it. In terms totally, of return totally, on investment, totally get it. I was when you sit down it. and fire Alex, you're still gonna have a tear in your eye. Like he's what, still your son. What What's been the worst gifting of a job through uh, a father? Is it Jack um, Collinsworth, or, <laughs> or, or is it uh, Ferentz's son? Which is least deserving of their job? Because of well, who their dad Chris, is. Chris isn't hiring. Chris isn't in charge of oh, NBC, oh, oh, so Chris oh, oh, isn't oh, hiring. You think that if Chris Collinsworth wasn't at NBC, that Jack would be doing Notre Dame and Sunday Night Football? I, I, I'm just saying he's not the where Kirk Ferentz is actually doing the hiring and firing. He's the one signing off on it. 
But Jack's been so many places, too, and just sort of bamboozled his way. Like, he was hosting NFL Live for a while. Remember that? He went NFL Live, then he went to NBC, and not only does he do Notre Dame, but he's also doing the uh, the Sunday Night Football pregame, too. Like Jack did NFL Live on yeah. ESPN? Mm-hmm. A couple times. Wow. Yeah. I remember that. You weren't watching. What time during while we're on? Well, you could catch the uh, the replay. By the way, Meller, man solves Rubik's Cube in 9.29 seconds while underwater, so Alex has got something. he's got something to shoot for. I don't know why you want to do it underwater. I'm going to take it to the next level. I'm going to go underwater with this. Well, let's be honest. It is kind of a nerd competition, isn't it? <laughs> How does the lube work underwater there? Yeah, Ooh, I don't wow. You, I don't think you need it unless you... Oh, uh, oh is it is it water? There's some water. I don't know. Lube. Lube. Would, fi- would, would, would friction be a problem underwater? I don't know. I think it would slow you Look down. Look at the smile on this young man's face, though, as he just set the record. How do you do? Why does he have a dress shirt on as he's in the pool? Or is that just, an, uh, is that just a, a, a sketch? I would lend Alex that? one of his dress shirts. That's what happened. How does it being underwater make that much of a difference? I think it slows you down, yeah. Charlie. Yeah. His best time for regular speed cubing is 5.88 seconds, short of the world record time. A yes. 3.13 seconds. Correct. How is that done in 3.1 seconds? Oh, I've seen you're it. Cheating. It's, 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 yeah, you're cheating. I don't you're understand cheater. that. Yeah, How could that possibly be done? Well, when it's all scrambled? Yeah, no, so know. what happens is you get to examine it. You look at it. You get to examine the way it is. Then you put it down. And then when you're ready to go, you basically pick it up and they start the timer. Uh. So that's how... You can get it done in three whatever seconds. So you basically have the questions to the test. You just have to know the answers. You have to fill them in quickly, I guess. I think the competition should be you get a scrambled Rubik's Cube. You don't know what it looks like, and no. then you have to solve it. You don't it. ever get to look at it. Yeah, you get the clock starts it's, the moment you look at it. It's in a shoebox. <laughs> they hand it to you in a shoebox. So underwater. You don't get a to see it underwater. And your hands are tied. Yeah. Oh, by the way, I wanted to make sure that I got this message out because of, uh, I think, Danny Zetterman is probably pantless back at the studio, but uh, Bill Self has signed a lifetime contract with Kansas. So uh, that comes with plenty of uh, toupee glue sure. and a uh, ton scan- of money. Till the next scandal yes. there. Yeah. So Only many one way to get rid of them now. What kind of glue? Plenty of toupee glue. Oh. Yeah. So. <laughs> lifetime supply. Yes, of course. Really? And my guy Jim Harbaugh is going to get suspended? Right? Really? Self right. was just suspended, wasn't he? Probably, yeah. No, he had a... And then he got a medical. lifetime contract from Kansas. <laughs> he, he would what, uh, Tyler? He had a medical issue. I thought he no, was he like was, a year ago. He yeah, was, he had to sit out a couple of games, games too. I well, he, he had a medical a... issue in the tournament, and then he had... He maybe got like one game. Well, that's suspended. Well, Jim's already served a two-game suspension early in Three. the season, didn't he? Three games early in the season. He may not even be on the sideline for half their games this year, and they still may, may win the NCAA championship. Go Jim Harbaugh. I'm an apologist of the, to the nth degree. All right, when we come back, we've got some nonsense for you. That's next. Listen to us now, live on the ESPN Chicago app. Listen to the show in HD at 100.3 HD2 FM. Listen now on ESPN 1000. This is Waddle and Sylvie, ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. By the way, everybody, 
Guess what uniforms they're wearing Thursday nights on the lakefront against the Carolina Panthers? Orange. The orange ones. Are they again? Yeah. They like those for national TV, don't because they? Because they can sell yeah. them. They're, you know, they show them off to a nation. You realize they've more. never won in those, though. Ever? How many times oh, have they won? Well, they they wore them against Washington last year, and they lost that game. This is a must-win. Like, the Cardinals game is a must-lose. This is a, this is a must-win game. For draft position. Yes. <laughs> you have got to keep yes. Carolina down. There's no doubt. Yeah. Uh, there was an alligator. It's the game I'm, of the year. You're going to sell it to Al like that at 4 o'clock? Yes. Al's going Al's gonna to fall over laughing if you try to, <laughs> try to sell him that. Did you see an alligator was apprehended at Lake Michigan Beach in Wisconsin? An alligator. How, how is Animal that? authorities responded to Lake Michigan in Wisconsin to apprehend an unusual beachgoer, an alligator, hundreds of miles from its natural habitat. What would you do if you saw an alligator coming out of Lake Michigan? I would check where the hell I was. I would, <laughs> no, I would uh, obviously run first. Then I would well, check. this was a small one. Look how small that is. How like, long? Would you, what would you do? Would you freak out? Is that, so that's got to be a pet. Would you cry that's, like that, a little that, kid? That, that's somebody's pet, So right? somebody in Wisconsin said, I can't raise this alligator any longer. I'm going to throw it in Lake Michigan. I'm going to call your local pet store and well, get some well, advice. How is that? How, how is an alligator like that surviving here? It, well, it's not if you throw it in Lake Michigan. You it's not to, going to. You have to run in a zigzag. Because uh, alligators can't change direction very that well. Is, so if you're you know what, zigzag. by the way, by the way, I used to say that all the time. That's that's hogwash. The alligator will get you. Think about it. Think about it, Charlie. What's the, what's the, what is the shortest distance between two points? A lot? What? Straight line. Yeah. Straight line, Charlie. <laughs> Stick with me, buddy. Come on. you got to answer Stick it with at least I, with it's, confidence. It's yeah. like DK Metcalf. They can't change direction, so you got to. Okay, but if it's going... <laughs> It's, it's going exact. serpentine back and forth, okay? You're going that way, and he's running straight. He's going to get you, okay? And and it's hogwash anyway. They could change direction. What about a sluggo route? You love the yeah, sluggo route. I love I the sluggo route. But if, you're, but if you're serpentining, at some point you're crossing that axis every single time. And if he's running straight, Charlie's just running this way. But do you think way. it's smart enough to know to run straight? Yeah. Like, he's going to see oh, yeah. you serpentine. I think that's the... That's the belief. But if, but if he can't change directions, all he can do is run straight. This is why I'm telling because you. he's going to switch directions once you go one way, and then you're going to serpentine the other way. And then how confident gonna, how confident are you in this? Because I, I can I can set this up. No, I get this I, set up. No, we can we can prove this. No, thank you. We can speak speak this to truth. No. You sure? Yes. You don't want to do it. No. No. We should have an animal expert on that. I I have always heard that that is a, a just a massive fallacy. That the whole serpentine thing. Is, well, you do have Google to find that out. Yeah, that's really going to help you. I don't believe it. <laughs> Waddles. Brain. Looking right now, so alligators are very quick, but they're not really that fast, and they don't have. Same with Charlie. They don't. Charlie's have endurance. pretty pretty quick, but does so not that fast. You can win the war of attrition if you just keep. Keep going. Keep really? chugging along. If, in fact, you're one of these people that can run distances, if you're not one of these people that can run dif- distances, well, you're alligator bait. You're cooked anyway. Right. No matter if you're serpent, serpent, what is it, serpentining or we'll serpentine? Serpentine. We'll it says both. the average human can easily outrun an alligator, zigzagging or not. Where does Charlie fit in that? I would taunt it. I would high step away from the alligator. Would you point at it like Josh <laughs> Allen? And then you would fall like Bayless. Yeah. 
Charlie, you haven't thought this one through, have you? I do the airplane, my arms out. <laughs> All right, we got to get Al on. <laughs> we we got to get from out of this hole and find uh, ourselves back on track. Okay, Al Michaels, uh, the great Al Michaels, coming to town tomorrow. He's got dinner all lined up. Does he want to be at the game, though? <laughs> we will ask him that coming up next.